In the first four episodes of this podcast, we laid out an important foundation by looking at the person, character, and work of Jesus. We asked the question, who is this Jesus who for 2,000 years has been transforming people on the inside? We heard how knowing and following Jesus is really about becoming. It's about character formation and learning how to become a new kind of person. We learned that this character formation takes place, first of all, by learning how to live life increasingly in God's presence. Being with Him, we grow to be more and more like Him. And we saw how we learn all this by becoming Jesus' disciple. We enroll in his master class in how human life was designed to be lived. We make Jesus our master teacher, not just in the category of religion, but for all of life. So where will George's teachings take us next? Well, the answer to that question actually came as a surprise to me. So I got George on a call to further discuss. George, after the last four episodes of looking at the person, the character, and the work of Jesus, we're ready to move into a, a new series of teachings. Um, in, our, in some of our previous conversations about where the writing room should go next, you, you seem to think that the answer was pretty obvious, but I, I was actually kind of surprised by your answer. So can you tell us what the topic is of this episode and the next few episodes? And, and then can, can you explain why this seemed like the obvious next step after the last four episodes about Jesus? Well, Micah, I think that uh, in the previous episodes, if we were looking for a theme that kind of ties them together, perhaps that theme would be discipleship to Jesus and the fruit or the um, consequences or what comes as a result of discipleship with Jesus, which is um, wholeness, uh, completeness, in human life. And when we think of wholeness or healthiness or beauty, um, we hit a snag because we think, gee, you know, human life that we see today doesn't often offer that kind of thing. And a main reason for that is that our decision to go away from God not only resulted in guilt, it did result in guilt, but it resulted in consequences that are far broader than that. It, it resulted in wounding. And so actually what many people don't understand is that inherent in discipleship to Jesus and allowing him to teach us how to live is the experience of being healed from um, the consequences of sin that damage us and prevent us from moving into wholeness. So I would think after some focus on discipleship, maybe we could focus on the subject of inner healing. You're listening to The Writing Room, a podcast created by Quellen International to share the words and teachings of George Miley. After this break, we'll dive right into George's first teaching on inner healing. 
This podcast is brought to you by Quellen International. Quellen imparts the life and teachings of Jesus through our growing collection of books, videos, lesson plans, and of course, podcasts. As a matter of fact, the teaching excerpt you're about to hear was originally created as companion audio content for Chapter 7 of George Miley's book, Maturing Toward Wholeness in the Inner Life. If you would like further insight into these truths, you can find this book and much more at quellen.org. And if you find any of our resources beneficial, consider helping us make more by going to quellen.org give and making a donation to the ministry. That's Q-U-E-L-L-E-N dot org forward slash give. At some point, living as Christ's disciple, I am likely to become aware of wounded areas within that are hindering or blocking my maturing. As we walk with the Lord and learn from him, we discover that there are various areas of our lives, and perhaps in this first area we feel real growth, perhaps in the second area we experience real growth, And then perhaps we come to a third area or another area where we don't seem to be making any progress. And often, when we find ourselves unable to make progress, the reason for that is that there is wounding that we are carrying that has not been healed, and so we are blocked in our ability to grow in that area. A good example of that might just simply be forgiveness, where it might be Somebody in our lives, we are very aware that we need to forgive this person and that we actually want to forgive this person, and yet we just feel unable to do it. There just seems to be this blockage, this barrier, this wall that prevents us from doing it. So that is very likely an indication that there are wounds inside of us that we are carrying that need to be healed. And, of course, Jesus understands that. In fact, the whole process of discipleship is actually a process also of healing, healing the wounds caused by sin in order to free us to move into the full, awesome, indescribably beautiful life that God created us to have. The craziness in my life began when I turned from God and went my own way. Sanity is gradually restored to me as I learn how to rely on Jesus to teach me how to live. My dysfunctions, are we aware that we have dysfunctions? We all have dysfunctions. We hear about dysfunctional families. We hear about dysfunctional communities. We hear about dysfunctional peoples. Where do all these dysfunctions come from? Did God create us with all these dysfunctions? My dysfunctions have come from sin. First of all, my own sin. Secondly, sin done against me. But then thirdly, my own sinful responses to sin done against me. Isn't that tragic? I can be sinned against by someone else. That wounds me. 
but then I can respond to that sin with my own sinful responses that actually further wounds me. And so I'm caught in this cycle. So dysfunctions come from my own sin, sin done against me, my sinful responses to sin done against me, and to sin all around me, in family, in society. Just think of all the hatred, all of the contempt that is expressed in the general society. All of that is broadcast throughout the population. And a very significant number of folks, including ourselves if we're not careful, are influenced by that sin that is so prevalent it becomes perceived as normal. And this is a great sadness in human life that sin is so foundational, sin is so pervasive, that sinful behavior, sinful words, sinful attitudes are so widespread that they are just accepted and received as normal. For example, a person who grows up in a home where there's a rageaholic parent or rageaholic parents, that person can grow up thinking that anger is just normal and they can enter into anger, respond in anger, and it doesn't feel to them like there's anything abnormal. It just feels like that's just part of life. So all that is a foundation, a root of the wounding, the dysfunctions, the brokenness that is prevalent throughout the human experience. Let me just share with you 10 areas. There are more than these 10 areas, but let me just share with you 10 areas. They're in the notes that accompany these talks that result in me being wounded. So here's the first one. I am wounded by the inability to accept myself. I am out of touch with the person I truly am, created in the likeness of a magnificent God. So, so many of us, when we look within, if we're really honest, we don't really like what we see. But here's the awesome truth that we learn from Jesus. When God looks within us, he likes what he sees. And what he sees is far more accurate than what we see. So I am wounded by the inability to accept myself. Second, I am wounded by expecting or demanding that other people meet my needs. I am looking to the wrong person. Only God can meet my needs. And so here we are, created by God to live in intimate relationship with him 24-7, but we rebelled against him, went our own way. That resulted in a great hole, a great emptiness, a great desert within our souls. And so we are looking to fill that emptiness. And one place we turn to is other people. So we ask other people to meet our needs, or we demand other people to meet our needs. And this, of course, is a form of idolatry. Anything that we do to try to fill the place that only God can fill is a form of idolatry. And it ends up wounding me further. I'm looking to other people or demanding other people to meet my need, whereas, in fact, only God can meet my need. The third thing that wounds me, I am wounded by self-centeredness. Another word for that is 
introspection. Another word for that is narcissism. I have made myself the center of my life, and I see the whole of life through me. I'm unaware largely of other people. I'm unaware largely of what's going on around me. I interpret everything around myself, and what's going on in me, and what I'm feeling, and what my perceived needs are. I am looking again at the wrong person. Jesus teaches me God-centeredness. So when I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at the wrong person. When I'm looking at other people, I'm looking at the wrong person. And both of those cause further wounding. Fourthly, I am wounded by dishonoring my parents. If I am unable to relate well with them, I will relate in unhealthy ways with other authorities. There are dear folks who go through much of life, perhaps all of life, unable to relate in healthy ways to authority. And so often that is rooted in the initial decision to dishonor our parents. The fifth thing that wounds us, I am wounded by anger, contempt, and bitterness. They are violent behaviors. So in Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is outlining for us what a truly good person looks like. And he starts off talking about murder. So anybody, or let's just say most people, are aware that murder is a dysfunctional behavior. It's an act of violence. It brings wounding. But Jesus went on. He went on to talk about anger. And he talked about how anger also brings wounding. And then he talked about contempt, which is hate speech. When I speak about another person with contempt, I am looking for the words, the, the, the most effective words I can find that will damage that other person. And so Jesus described contempt as calling another person a fool or calling another person a moron or trying to find some other word that wounds and destroys. So all of these are acts of violence. And I am wounded by these acts of violence. They trigger violence in return. People avoid an angry person. So one of the fruits of being an angry person of carrying around in us the capacity for violence is that we very often are lonely because it's just simply not pleasant to be around an angry person. Sixth, I am wounded by sexual violation. What I may have committed or what I may have suffered. God created sexuality to express a unique intimacy. So God created sexuality, and God created male and female to, in a lifelong committed relationship of intimacy, mutual blessing, mutual support, mutual help, mutual love, for that capacity for sexual intimacy to express a wider intimacy and mutual blessedness and support that characterizes all of life. When sexuality is cheapened and treated only as a way to extract 
pleasure from the body for a very brief moment of time, that wounds the person who experiences it and it wounds the person who perpetrates it. It's a very good example of the truth. What I do with my body affects my soul. I am wounded by sexual violation. Number seven, I am wounded by shame. Shame keeps me from being honest about my need and seeking help. It expresses a distorted understanding of myself. Shame. Number eight, I am wounded by my inability to forgive, to commit my enemy to God and leave payback to him. God is judge, a role he has not assigned to me. Now, we're going to be talking more about forgiveness later on in our studies. But just to say now, so many folks trip over the whole issue of forgiveness because we get the wrong understanding that forgiveness means we're saying, first of all, that the offense never happened or that it did happen, but it wasn't really so bad. So this is an incorrect understanding of what forgiveness really is. God is a God of truth. So the God who says to us that we are to forgive our enemy, that same God is a God of truth. That God would never tell us to forgive our enemy and enter into untruth to do it. So God's forgiveness looks truth right square in the face. It speaks the truth. It owns the truth. It declares the truth. This is true. But then it goes a step further and says, I am going to leave retaliation. I'm going to leave judgment for that which was done against me to God. I am not the judge. That is not a role that God has assigned to me. God is judge and I am going to leave judgment to him. Lord, get him. Then, of course, we have to be prepared if our Heavenly Father, the God who created heavens and earth, is more merciful to those who have wronged me than we would be. We have to be prepared for that. I am wounded by my inability to forgive. Number nine, I am wounded by my inability to receive forgiveness. I cannot deserve forgiveness. It is a gift God offers me. I may need to forgive myself. So forgiveness is a two-way street. Not only is it crucial that we come to the point where we forgive those who have wronged us, but it's also crucial that we come to the point where we're able to receive, accept forgiveness, sometimes even to forgive ourselves. And then lastly, number 10, I am wounded by assuming a victim role. If I am a child of God, I am never a victim. Why is that? Because I have a Heavenly Father. He is always with me. He is all-powerful. He is everywhere present. He is all-knowing. He is kind, compassionate, powerful, gentle, merciful. He's on my side. He's my defender. He's my protector. And he allowed what happened to me to happen in ways and for purposes 
that I will never understand, perhaps, or only understand later. And so this brings us back to what we were talking about earlier. This brings me back to the choice to rely upon him, to leave justice and righteousness to him, and trust him with that which has happened to me. I am not a victim. I choose to live under the grace and protection of my Heavenly Father. Four things that unhealed places within me result in. Unhealed places within me trap me in immature thinking and reacting. Unresolved childhood pain erupts in childish adult behavior. So this is something about the places within us that are unhealed. You see, we're blocked. And so we can get into our 20s. We can get into our 30s. We can get into our 50s. We can get into our 80s. And still, in some circumstances, exhibit child, childish behavior. Why is that? Because the wounding is a childish wounding that has never been healed. And these unhealed places block me. They trap me in childish behavior. Secondly, unhealed places within me energize addictions. What is an addiction? An addiction is a deeply entrenched habit I use to avoid my pain. So here's my pain. I deny it. I push it down. I pretend it's not there. I say I'm strong enough to overcome this pain. But then I need something to help me avoid that pain. And so I look for things. It might be something chemical. It might be sexual. It might be um, workaholism. It might be any number of addictions. Deeply ingrained habits that I use to avoid my pain. I soon find myself in bondage to them. Three, unhealed places within me result in me wounding other people. Anger lies near the surface, easily triggered. Wounded people wound people. So these unhealed places result in me wounding other people. And then fourthly, unhealed places within me hinder Christian ministry. See, folks go into Christian ministry carrying these wounds the result is I lack insight. I don't really understand why I and others act the way we do. I have a log in my eye. Self-control eludes me. So, brothers and sisters, one of our greatest needs is for insight that brings healing. Let's pray together. Father, we are aware that we have been wounded. You never created us to live relying on ourselves, but that's the decision we made. And we have paid an awful price for it. And it's not only our sin, but the sin of others against us, the sin all around us. Oh Lord Jesus, you came for us. You are the healer. You spoke the words of eternal life. You have insight into how human life was created to live. We come to you, Lord. Show us your way. Heal the wounds within us. Make us whole people. 
bring us again into the life that our Father created us to have. We love you, Lord, and we trust you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to The Writing Room by Quellen International. This episode was scripted by George Miley and me, Micah Daly. Production, editing, and original music by Micah Daly. The teaching excerpt used in this episode was recorded by George Miley in 2016.